Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. How many know that the more you know, the less you know? I mean, we've only scratched a bit of Peter, 1 Peter. We're going to have to go to 2 Peter and get something out of that. So let's uh, turn to 2 Peter. And uh, just as you do that, 2 Peter chapter 2, but we'll, we'll go to our notes first of all. And uh, we do appreciate uh, you being out so consistently. Eight sessions of Kevy's Heavy Vevies, <laughs> so-called. All right, so in, in our session six tonight, we're going to look at warnings against and testing of false ministries. So uh, uh, just introductory here. Uh, over the years, as I've studied, you know, so much of the word here, here's the contrast between First Peter and Second Peter. So First Peter is mainly dealing with the first coming. Second Peter is dealing mainly with the second coming, and then First Peter, uh, it's the Son of Man in his suffering, used about 16 times way back there. I said, and number two, and Second Peter is the Son of Man in his glory. Uh, First Peter, the sufferings of the saints, it's more pastoral. Uh, Second Peter is dealing with the glory of the saints, and it's more prophetical. Uh, First Peter's fatherly and a gentle approach. Uh, Second Peter's hot, 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 denunciatory, a very severe, a severe approach. And then uh, First Peter, former days. Second Peter, last days. And uh, First Peter's comfort and consolation. And Second Peter is warnings and judgments. So that sort of gives you a, a picture here. Okay, so let's go to Second Peter chapter two. And uh, only for time's sake, uh, we'll just read the first uh, uh, one, two, three verses at the moment. <coughs> All right, so Second Peter now, remember we're totally switching gears now from, uh, you know, being a spiritual house, holy priesthood and spiritual sacrifices and uh, mercy of God, not his people. Every, everything's changing now in the, in the uh, theme of this epistle. All right, so in verse uh, one it says... But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you. So they're the two things I want you to pick up. False prophets, false teachers. How many believe God's going to get rid of false prophets and false teachers? And false teeth? <laughs> Just make sure you're listening here. Okay. Uh, among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive or pernicious ways, because uh, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, next thing, they will exploit you with deceptive words, uh, for a long time, their judgment, next word there, judgment has uh, not been idle and their destruction does not slumber. Okay, so uh, as we go through the rest of the chapter, I'd like to uh, do our little famous line again here. And believe it or not, I bought this from home. Instead of using my handkerchief. <laughs> no, no, my wife is so wonderful. So gracious. Nobody else would put up with me. 
All right, now I want you to note the, uh, keep your Bibles open to 2 Peter chapter 2 and uh, keep your notes open uh, here, especially under letter A. So this is what we're going to do. Just see uh, sometimes uh, a little diagram uh, sort of gives us the big picture. Now what Peter does under A, a former days Old Testament, he goes sort of way back to eternity, then he comes into time, and I want you to notice the particular, let's see if i got my diagram here. Yes, I want you to notice the particular things that he, he deals with because he's dealing with false prophets, false teachers, false ministries, generally speaking, and uh, uh, showing the uh, judgment that's going to come on, uh, on these type of people. Okay, now let's go way back here. And we won't have time to do too much on this, but I've given you an outline. He's going way back to eternity. And then he moves into time here. Now, in eternity, this is what he's dealing with. Under letter A, number one, the angels that sinned. So that's a frightening thing. He goes way back to eternity and sinning angels. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 4. Keep your Bible open. For if God spared, did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to Gehenna, only use once, not Gehenna, pardon me, Tartarus, yeah, thank you, Tartarus to hell, only use once here, and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. So he goes way back there to eternity, and here we have the first apostasy. That's what I'd like you to uh, follow down here. The first apostasy. I think that's S. And it's amongst the angels. And the leader of it, as far as we understand, was Lucifer, who became Satan. And this is frightening thought. This, you see, sin began in heaven. It began at the very throne of God, and this was in the heavenly temple. Heavenly temple, and here in this first heavenly temple, before there was ever a temple on earth, we have the first Antichrist, Lucifer. And we have the first apostasy amongst the angels. So Peter's going way back there. And he said, you know, if God did not spare the angels of sin, but cast them down to Tartarus and deliver them into chains of darkness, they're reserved unto judgment. So there's judgment day and these angels, these particular bunch, they're in Tartarus in a jail, uh, one of the three hells in earth, waiting for the day of judgment. That's the first picture we have. Uh, go over to Jude, Jude verse 6, which is the other verse. And uh, Jude uh, follows so much of Peter. In verse 6 he says, And the angels who did not keep their proper domain or their own habitation, but left their own abode, he is reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So same thing. So angels that sin. So there's certain angels that are bound, waiting for the judgment. And the first apostasy and the first antichrist are... Uh, uh, took place in heaven. Now, let me just say this a little bit of theology. This is the reason why angels will never be redeemed. 
Christ came down to earth to redeem mankind because man was made a little lower than the angels. But when angels sinned, they sinned as spirit beings in the blazing white light of God's holiness. So there's no redemption for fallen angels. That's why Hebrews says, good old Hebrews, that verily he took not on himself the nature of angels, because he didn't come to redeem angels, he took on himself the seed of Abraham, because he came to redeem man. And you see, uh, see, it's just popped in my mind. Turn over to this uh, verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 quickly. Verse I couldn't understand for a long time. First uh, Corinthians chapter 11 and uh, verse 10. And it says, I'll read it from old authorised and new authorised here. For it says, For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. New King James puts it this way. For this reason the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Now, Questions we ask here is, what have angels got to do with women? What have women got to do with angels? All right, what happened in the Garden of Eden? I'll give you the clue. The serpent came to the woman, away from her husband, when you put all the scriptures together. And who is the serpent? Satan. And what's Satan? A fallen angel. So for this cause. So there's more in that than meets the ear. That would take an hour to do properly. But just to show you what Peter's doing in the big picture here. All right, then, your next part. So angels of sin, way back in eternity, angelic beings who sided with Satan in his rebellion, no redemption for them. They are waiting the day of judgment. Then number two, he moves into time. And the first one he brings out now is Noah. And then he moves down a little bit further and he brings in Lot. Now notice the order here. So um, in verse 5 it says, And he did not spare, so he did not spare the angels, verse 4, And he did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, So Noah, so we have Noah and the ungodly world. And remember Jesus said in Matthew 24 and Luke 17, you've got the scriptures there, as it was in the days of Noah and as it was in the days of Lot. So Noah and Lot are both brought in here and judgment. Now, so we have Noah and Lot here and you've got your scriptures there. 2 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. And 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse uh, 6 to 9. Now, notice the judgment that took place in the days of Noah. The, jud- the judgment that took place in the days of Noah. Now, this judgment for the angels, they're reserved in change, waiting for the day of judgment way down here. But in the days of Noah, it was a judgment by water. In the days of Lot... It was a judgment by fire. Water and fire, water and fire. God's judgments here. So Noah and the ungodly world. Then the next verse says, 
and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly, and delivered righteous Lot, though I could never figure that one out, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked for that righteous man, which I can never quite understand, dwelling among them, tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawful deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment and so forth. All right, characteristics. So days of Noah, days of Lot, and judgment by water, judgment by fire. Then go down to number four. The next one he brings in here for judgment is Balaam. And Balaam, remember, is a prophet, but he's a mixture. He's a false prophet. And remember, the, ver- the chapter starts off, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. So false prophets, and here we have Balaam, a false prophet. And so in verse, um, uh, verse 15, 16, going way down there, they have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the way, wages of unrighteousness, uh, and he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet, and so forth. How many would like to be talking to a donkey? <laughs> now remember Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So he's pointing way down to this end of the age. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Lot, one was taken, one was left. And so, is, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now here we have Balaam, who is a prophet, a mixture. But he's after the money. I often tell people because... Uh, I'm sorry to say some of these things, but it shocks me to hear some of the BTOs. I mean, you know what a BTO is? Big time operator. <laughs> How they are sometimes for sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a meeting. A meeting. They are so much money, thousands of dollars. The best hotels, everything like that. People often ask me when we we and I go travelling and say, no, I'm not a Balaam, I'm not a Judas, I'm not a Simon. I'll leave that with you. Never ask for anything. I haven't in 60 years because of all these things. Okay, so it's a whole study there you can go into. So Balaam was a false prophet. And in Numbers chapter 22, 23, 24, we have the prophecies of Balaam. So much truth, but God in his sovereignty overruled, zipped his lip on, on cursing Israel. And then Second Peter, we have the way of Balaam. Uh, Jude 11, we have the error of Balaam. And then Revelation chapter 2, verse 14, we have the doctrine or the teaching of Balaam. And then eventually Balaam was judged. And we have the judgment and death of Balaam by the sword of Israel. Wow. So that's what he's doing there in the bigger picture. The angels have sinned back in eternity. They're reserved under judgment. Noah and the ungodly world judged by water. Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah 
judgment by fire, Balaam the false prophet judged by the sword. That's the picture that we have. Now, let's go to page, uh, next, uh, next page here, um, letter B. Now, I've given you a number of scriptures there, and there's too many to, to read, but I'm going to quote some of the verses. There are more warnings. Uh, let, let's go to that paragraph I've got there. Many passages of scripture warn against false prophets and false teachers, false ministries in both the Old and the New Testament. And there seems to be more warnings against false, false prophets than any other ministries Although there are false apostles, false teachers, false shepherds, false evangelists, undoubtedly this is because of the charismatic touch and the religious and deceptive spirit behind them. This is one of the stronger deceptions uh, in the end of the age, hence a greater need for a love for the truth. Great judgments upon them. So I want to encourage you, and I know you're already doing, keep reading the Word. You've got to get to know the Word. Because when we see what's going on today and false ministries that are popping up and people are being deceived because they don't know the word. So listen to some of the scriptures you've got there. Uh, let's turn over this one. Matthew chapter uh, 11. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 24, that's right. Oh, by the way, somebody helped me uh, on my scripture. My memory starting to fail a little bit. It was on the blood of God. It was Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Not Acts chapter 20, verse 8. Um, yeah, you just have to remind me not to forget to remember. Okay. okay, so that's Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Thank you, brother, for that. Okay. All right, listen to Matthew chapter 24. Now, you'll notice here... The first warning that Jesus gives, he uses the word deceive at least four times. So in verse 4, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Deception. Verse 5, Many will come in my name saying, I am the anointed. Remember, not I'm Jesus, I'm Christ, which means the anointed. And will deceive many. So deception, deception. Verse 11, then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. So it's the religious thing, the religious dece uh, deception. False prophets and so forth. And then go down to verse uh, 24. For false Christ, false anointed ones and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So Deception, deception. Four times he warns against deception. It's, it's religious deception. Wow, if that's not true today. And then uh, I'd encourage you to read these other scriptures here. Some we'll look at and the rest I'll encourage you to read. All right, now let's go down to letter C. And I want to spend uh, the, the, the major of our time on this. Seven major tests of false prophets or false ministry. So it's applicable to uh, any ministry. Check them by the word. All right, number one, the test of the spirit. So number one, the test of the spirit. Now I want you to go over to 1 Kings chapter 22. We're not, uh, some will spend a bit more time on than others, but 1 Kings chapter 22. As I said You've just got to get to know the word, know the word. We think of uh, various um, 
cults in Christendom, Jehovah's Witnesses, more man, more man, less God. Some of the other cults that come to your door. And you know where they get most of their converts from? Christians who do not know the word. Because they know enough of the word and there's that deceptive spirit there. So our safety is to know the word. All right, so, so John says, quoting the verse there, um, I've got it written out here. Uh, do not believe every spirit, but try the spirits, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. All right, now, Second Kings, uh, I'm sorry, First Kings. Slow down a little bit, Kevin. First Kings chapter 22, and I'd encourage you to uh, read the whole scripture. What happens here is in verse uh, 1, paraphrasing, uh, three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Uh, we don't need to think of Syria today and Israel over there. Okay. Uh, in the third year, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went down to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel, Israel said to his servants, do you, know, uh, do you know that Ramoth and Gilead is ours? But we hesitate uh, to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. So he said to Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight at Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people is your people, my horses is your horses. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. So what did the king of Israel do in verse 6? He gets 400 prophets. He gathered the prophets together, 400 men. And he says to them, should I go up against uh, Ramoth Gilead or should I refrain? And they're going up, saying so go up. Now, what would you do? Because in this chapter you three see three spirits at work. You see the Holy Spirit, you see evil spirits, and you see the human spirit. They're all at work here. And so we're talking about testing by the spirit. And so... Here's 400 prophets, and they're all prophesying, go up, go up, and the Lord will deliver. Ramoth Gilead into your hand. But there's something about Jehoshaphat, a godly king. You know, I, I, you know I've studied this over years. What would I do in that situation? So Jehoshaphat, he has some doubt, and he says in verse 7, is there not still a prophet of the Lord that we might inquire of him? So now there's 400 prophets and they're all saying the same thing. Enough to convince anybody. But something doesn't witness in here. And you see, many times you may not know in your head, but you need to listen to that caution in the spirit. If you have a check in your spirit, just listen to it. Because you may not know in your head, but you can know something's not right in your spirit. How many know what I'm talking about? You know, I've met a lot of people and so forth. And, and listen to verse 8. So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, there is still one man, Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. <laughs> so there's no love for the truth here. I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat says, oh, let not the king say such thing. So the king of Israel you know, in spite of the 400 prophets prophesying there, he says, okay, get Micah. Now, when they go, and because of time, we'll have to tell the story. When he gets down there, 
the guy says to him, now all the prophets are prophesying, go up and so forth. So when you come, even though you're prophet of God, you've got to, you can't go, uh, you know, 400 against one. You couldn't just have the mind of God and you can't contradict 400 prophets. So you say the same thing. Now he's appealing to his human spirit. You just go along with them, you know, that's the easiest way. You're not going to win out against 400 to one. And so Micah says, as the Lord, verse 14, as the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, I'm going to speak. And so when he goes there and they say, will we go to war or not? And what does he do in verse 15? He just quotes the other guys. He answered and said, go and prosper for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. So the king said to him, even the king himself, dum-dum, you know, realized this guy's not telling me the truth. How many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? And suddenly he gets in the spirit and he says, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains of sheep that have no shepherd. And verse 18, the king of Israel said to Jehoshua, did not I tell you he would not prophesy good concerning me but evil? I hate him. He didn't have a love for the truth. And then he goes and he said, you know, the guy whacks him across the face. How would you like to be a prophet? Whacks him across the face. Which way went the Spirit of the Lord from me to you? Did you dare contradict 400 prophets? And then he says, I saw you guys are sitting on your throne. Jehoshaphat sitting on his throne. And the king of Israel sitting on his throne. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. And all the hosts of heaven were gathered before him. And uh, the Lord said... I'd like some suggestions from you spirit beings. How can I deceive Ahab into battle? And one spirit, I mean, can you imagine the scenes going up in heaven in the spirit realm? All these spirits are making suggestions to God. Who is spirit? And then finally a spirit come and said to God, i got a good suggestion. I'll go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, you got my permission, go. And so the prophet says, God has sent a lying spirit and this lying spirit was in the mouth of 400 prophets because this guy didn't have a love for the truth. Wow. Test the spirits, John says, test the spirits. So you have to learn, as I said last week, I think, we impart what's in our spirit, but we've got to go by the word. What's the word say? Even the Ebereans they were great. When Paul come along, and Paul is an apostle, we're told that the Bereans searched the scriptures daily to see if those things that Paul spoke were true. Now Paul could have said, hey, I'm an apostle. I've had a vision for my... No, they checked the word out. And you have to check it out against what I say. Check the word. Get to know the word. Doesn't matter who it is. Because there's many ministries. So, test of the spirit. Alright, number two. Tests of fulfillment. Tests of fulfillment. I'd like you to uh, look at this Deuteronomy 18. Deuteronomy 18. And verse 22. So, listen to this one. Deuteronomy 18 and verse... Uh, verse uh, uh, let's go to verse 20 to 22. So, Deuteronomy 18... Verse 20, I'm going to read from old authorized because I've got it underlined. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, 
which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? Here's the answer. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Now, please take this kindly, and we can only touch on some of these things, but it really bothers me. Some of the things I, my wife and I hear as we travel a bit, oh, I've had a prophecy. Somebody came along who was a prophet, he prophesied of me. And they're running around with this prophecy. Oh, I got this prophecy. And the Lord says, the world's waiting for the manifestation of me. That's a lie from the pit. And the world's waiting for me. They're not waiting for you or Kevin Connor or Mickey Mouse, okay? <laughs> so when I hear some of the prophecies, and I, t- I try to tell people, now I believe in the prophetic word. I've had prophets speak over my life over the years and so forth. But you never exalt a word above the word. Okay, it's well worth writing down. See, and I've seen them running around. I got a prophecy, I got a prophecy. But do you know the Bible? Do you read the Bible? Oh, I've got a word from God. I, a prophet prophesied to me. I don't care if Mickey Mouse prophesied. So, hey, you don't exalt a word above the word. You must go by the word. And so I know when uh, we've had presbytery over the years, and when I was Portland, Oregon, Anybody, when we had presbytery meetings, we always had a question sheet that we individually counseled with the individuals that were prophesied, okay, let's see. First of all, we check it by this. Was it in harmony with this? If it was in harmony with this, okay, did it witness to your spirit? I remember one case we dealt with in Portland where a couple of the prophets prophesied this guy was to go to China. And other prophets said no. And you see, Paul says that the prophets speak two or three and let the other judge. We are to judge the prophetic word, not swallow everything. So it needs to be checked out. So I'm just saying we need to get to know the word. So Deuteronomy 18, if the word doesn't come to pass, then you better check that out well and truly. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3 says, uh, all the people knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord and God did let none of his words fall to the ground. It was fulfillment. All right, number three, another test of any prophet and any ministry for that matter is the, the test of worship. What do I mean by that? Just take a left and uh, turn over to Deuteronomy 13. Test of worship. Listen to this one. This is pretty heavy. And we'll pick up in verse 1. If there arises among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and he gives you a sign or a wonder, think of that, and the sign or the wonder comes to pass, of which he spoke to you, saying, uh uh-uh. So it's not even the signs or the wonders. It's what he says. So he says, saying, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them. You will not listen to the words of that prophet or that dream of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dream of dreams shall be put to death 
because you've spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. So it's the test of worship. Is, does he draw you after other gods? After the true God, the Lord Jesus Christ? Check it out. So test of worship. Who are we worshipping, the true God or other gods? And Balaam did that. Mixture. Okay, number four, the test of doctrine. And doctrine, whether we mean teaching. I'd like you to turn over on this one, 1 John chapter 4. And the New Testament, as well as the Old Testament, they can continually warn. So early in the church, in the origin of the church, False prophets, false teachers. Okay, 1 John chapter 4 and uh, verse 1 to 6. No apology for reading the word. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but try or test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so, you know, when Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons and so forth come to my door, I never invite them into my house. John is very clear. He says, don't even bid them Godspeed and don't invite them into your house. You say, well, you're not showing love. You're going to try and win them. No, they have a very strong spirit. And unless you're strong in the word, I'll keep them at the front door and my wife will drive them, <laughs> drive them away. She's got a real moving ministry. Okay, <laughs> so check them out with a word. Have they been born again? Because they've got a little record inside them that they've been taught. You check the spirit that's behind it. Okay, so whether they are God, because many false prophets have gone out in the world. By this you know, the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And see, over the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, over his virgin birth, these are things. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us by this. We know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So we test the doctrine. And First uh, Timothy, while you're there, just take a left. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 4. And uh, verse uh, 1 to 3. I think it will be enough. And, uh, you know, the, the implications in these scriptures to me are frightening. But this is what it's about. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some, not all, praise God, would depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits or deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And he lists two of the doctrines, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Number one, forbidding to marry. Enforced celibacy is a doctrine of a demon. We're not messing around. And we think of the millions of babies that have been born in the Roman church and put in orphanages because of nuns who are married to the church and have been deceived by a religious spirit. Sorry to tell you the truth, but that's it. 
unless God gives you the gift of celibacy, you can marry. Thank you, Kevin. And another doctrine of demon, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. They are, you need to qualify this. Uh, pork's not going to stop you getting to heaven. It'll help you get there quicker. So, <laughs> but, but a lot of Christians are sick for eating junk food and then asking God to bless it. Thank you, Kevin. For, yeah. All right. Uh, okay, enough, uh, enough on that. Okay. Uh, go quickly to the Isaiah chapter uh, 8 one. Or oh, Isaiah chapter 8. How many think these are great scriptures? And how many are you encouraged to get to know the word? Read the word. How many feel after advanced track you need to get to know the word more? Yes. Okay, Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 18. It says, uh, ooh, where are we? 18 to 20, Isaiah 8. Uh, yeah, verse, verse 19 we pick up. And when they shall say to you, seek those who are mediums and wizards who whisper and mutter, should not a people seek their God? Should they seek the dead on behalf of the living? The, you know, most of me sometimes Christians who go to necromancers and spiritists and fortune tellers. Don't touch them. There's a demon behind it. And then it says in verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, if they, that's these mediums and wizards that mutter and sputter and stutter, to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it's because there's no light in them. That's it. So test it. Okay, test a fruit. Let's go just to one scripture here. At times, almost up and fill in the others. Go to Matthew chapter 7. And uh, many years ago when I was a young man and went to America, it uh, took me six months to recover after some of the things I saw there and some bad things. Let me read this first here. All right, verse 15. Matt, uh, and you fill in his test of fruit. Okay, test of fruit. So in verse 15 it says, Beware of false prophets. So it's that religious thing. Who come to you in sheep's clothing. So they've scunned some poor sheep. You know, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You can tell by their accent. <laughs> now, I want you to underline, if you haven't already, the word fruit or fruits is used seven times. So, note, you shall know them not by their gifts. Now, a Christmas tree has gifts on it, but I've never seen a Christmas tree with fruit. Unless you tied an apple on. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, and neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not good, uh, forth good fruit is hewn down, cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Now, what is fruit? I'll come back to that. Remind me not to forget to remember. Now, verse 21 to 23, verse 15 to 20 is dealing with fruit, is dealing with character. Verse 21 through to 23 
is dealing with charisma. Now listen to it. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord. Now remember, no man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Spirit. So these people call Jesus Lord. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? So prophecy. And we've cast out demons in your name. Exorcism. And we've done many wonders in your name. Signs and wonders. Now it's not referring to non-Pentecostal people. And it's not referring to non uh, non-believers it's not referring to non-charismatic people who's it referring to? it's referring to those who have become apostate because they call Jesus Lord they prophesy they cast out demons they do signs and wonders so you don't know them by their gifts you know them by the fruit then you say well what about verse 23 then will I declare to them I never knew you Depart from me, you who practice or work iniquity or practice lawlessness. Listen carefully. Time's just about up. When I went to America years ago and the same thing is happening in Australia and different places, I went to some of the voice of healing times and people were casting out devils, healing the sick, preaching work, people were getting saved, healed, filled with the Spirit. But behind the scenes, some of these, not all, praise God, some of them were in dens of iniquity, smoking, drinking, gambling, having sex, uh, homosexuality, adultery, the lot. And it took me six months when I came home into Australia to recover. How can you have the gifts of the Spirit without holiness? But you see, shock, shock, shock that came to me six months later. Gifts of the Spirit, as much as we need them and want them, Gifts of the Spirit are no evidence of holiness. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Now, so verse 15 to 20 is dealing with character. Verse 21 is dealing with charisma. Let me explain. What is fruit? Fruit is the outward manifestation and inward, uh, of the inward nature of a tree. Let me say that again. What's fruit? Fruit is the outward manifestation of the inward nature and character of the tree. You judge an apple tree by its fruit. Judge a banana by its fruit. See? So fruit is the outward manifestation of the inner nature and character of the tree. Fruit of the spirit, fruit of doctrines. What's the fruit of some people's teachings? Not good. What's the fruit of their lifestyle? Not good. So it's by their fruits, not by their gifts. Now the rest is dealing with gifts. But you say to me, Kevin, what about verse 23? He said, I never knew you. Okay, you need to put down, um, you need to put down Ezekiel chapter 3, chapter 18, and chapter 33. Those three chapters. 3, 18, and 33 of Ezekiel. And you know what he says? Because they're saying the Lord's not... Uh, not uh, 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 the ways of the Lord are not equal. That's what I'm trying to say. And he says, my ways are equal. And here's how I'll demonstrate it. If a wicked man turns from his wickedness and turns to the Lord, none of his wickednesses shall be remembered, only his righteousness. How many think that's God's grace? None of his wickedness. 
He said to the dying thief, today you'll be with me in paradise. But he says, on the other side of the scales, if a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and here's the secret, and dies in his iniquity, none of his righteousnesses shall be remembered. My ways are equal. Wow. Oh, we could say so much on that. And they're saying, oh, the ways of the Lord are not equal. And you see, these people have become Pentecostal or charismatic apostates and have lived a lifestyle that's evil behind the scenes. Still operate the gifts, because I said gifts of the Spirit are no evidence of holiness. All right, our time's virtually up. Let me just give you the uh, last fill-in two here. Number six, the test of covetousness. I've already alluded to it. After the money. Money, 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 money. So Balaam sold his gift out as prophecy for money and deceived the people. Caused thousands to die. I think of some charismatic preachers today. Money. Judas sold Christ out for money. He never lived to spend money. Their covetousness. And then number seven, I think I've said enough on this. Number seven, the test of holiness. And Jeremiah says, if a prophet does not turn you to the Lord, that you seek after the Lord, then he's a false prophet. So, do we point people to the Lord? That's the, the issue. All right, conclusion. The characteristics, at least 24 mention of false ministries are spelled in, out in Second Peter, and evidence in uh, varying degrees, some more, some less, in different false ministries, and their judgment is in the appointed time. That's the basic theme of each of these passages in Peter. Okay, have you learned something tonight? So you must get to know the word. And I'm not a little commercial here. If any of these are still around, uh, today's prophets and uh, difference between an Old Testament prophet and New Testament prophet by K.J. Connor, uh, try and get hold of that because I do the 10 full tests in there. That's the only one I've got left. Okay, we've got about four minutes for a couple of questions. Two or three questions? Okay, stand up and uh, help me, dear brother. Thank you. And we'll put this on real quick. Okay. Oh, it's on there, I think there. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you said that the angels were chained for the day of judgment. So how can the devil be roaming to and fro? All right, the devil's still earth? loose. But there's a group of angels that fell with him and a certain crime they committed, they're locked up in Tartarus. Mm. So Book of Revelation shows some angels are loose. Uh, four of them are bound at the river Euphrates in modern-day Iraq, Babylon, and some angels are loose. And Satan and his angels fight against Michael and his angels, so some angels are bound, some are loose. Okay. All right, somebody else uh, over here real quick. Thank you for hanging in there. You're a wonderful bunch. Can you please comment on the Lakeland Revival and the Toronto Blessing? Uh, I think what uh, John... John Arnott said when he was here is probably the best answer. He said, every visitation of, of, of God, of the Holy Spirit, it always has a mixture. It has something of God, something of the devil, something of human flesh. And I think that's the... So we have to learn to discern 
what's of God, what's of the flesh, like 1 Kings chapter 22. Uh, that's what's God, what's of the devil, what's stinking human flesh. I think that's the best answer. Okay, very good. Okay. Um, I'm just wondering about those people that have not exposed the word like we are exposed today. How will God judge them? I, I, very simply or briefly is I, I believe God will judge us all according to the measure of light that we have. Greater, greater judgment on us people here because we are so blessed in city life with so much word and everything like that and the more we get to know the word. So uh, to whom much is given, more is required. So God will judge us according. And also he sees the heart. Some people are just deceived because they don't know the word. Many of them being caught up in cults because they didn't know. Okay. okay. All right, one more. Okay, where? Yeah, look, Kevin, uh, um, two weeks ago we were having a chat about Caiaphas tearing his garments yes. and transferring the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you say that to me? Yeah, I was talking oh, to you very two good. weeks ago. Okay, yeah. just to confirm it, and then we'll have to quit here. Our time, I've got one minute. Sorry. Uh, when Caiaphas, Caiaphas uh, tore his garment when he pronounced the crucifixion of Jesus, do you know what he did? He violated a law that the high priest in Leviticus somewhere was not to rend his garment. If he did, it was on pain of death. And so when Caiaphas, Caiaphas uh, rent his garment, tore his garment, he actually pronounced the death penalty on the Aaronic and Levitical priesthood. That's it. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's all stand. Why don't you just join hands one more time as we close in prayer. Father, we just uh, thank you for our time in the Word tonight. Uh, We just realize more and more that man shall not not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Help us, Father, just to meditate upon these things. Read your Word. Get to know your Word. We just love your Word. Uh, We love your written Word because it brings us to you who is the living Word. Let your blessing be upon us now as we go out into the world. May we be salt and light in every place we are. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you for our last night next week. I'd like to encourage you to read uh, Second Epistle of Peter because our last two sessions are going to come from there. Second second, uh, Epistle. God bless. That's it. If you've enjoyed today's teaching by Kevin Connor, be sure to check out his books, available from word.com.au in Australia, amazon.com all over the world, and now downloadable as PDFs on kevinconnor.org.